I'm so excited to talk to you. When when I um, when I saw what you the involvements you've had in your life, the uh, I don't know if you remember, but I I'm the one who spoke way too fast because I was so excited that um, <clears throat> that you have access to kids and teachers because the that's my second largest audience. But I'm so interested in changing how we dissolve stress and make connection in schools yes and you know now i mean it's always important but now it seems like it's just so much more important yeah mental health problems i was just reading about that chuck just before we went on and i know the cdc i use one of the stats i think it's how many 1.4 million kids have behavior problems and they they think it's way more now that's not okay. Any that's not okay. No, and you know uh, what? What's interesting? I almost used the word funny, but interesting is that remember, kids are. All, I don't want to go to school. I don't want to go to school. But now they they really miss that interaction, uh, whether it be with the teacher, with the grownups there, and their friends. So I could definitely see where that. Uh, mental health issue really comes into play. And then it probably translates and take it's I mean, they're at home so much. It's probably hard for the parents too, because now they have to deal with work, home life, and their child or their children going through um, a mental <laughs> breakdown for a lack of words. But I'm just, I've just been thinking the whole my whole career is what parent doesn't want to have a and des, and deserve and desire a peaceful parenting experience, and what child doesn't deserve a peaceful parent? And yet, that's not been our focus, really. But it's it, what's interesting to me also, Chuck, is we go out into the world looking for well-being. Everything we do is towards our well-being. We go to work for well-being. Anything we visit with friends for well-being. But I don't think that I think we missed something, and that's where my work took me. Was wow. to, to find out what is well-being, where is it, and how can how can we access it? Because my um, interest, you know, parents or teachers, anybody, they have two really big problems. One is no time, and the other one is strategies that work in thirty seconds. And I call my work instant evolution out of stress because I was really interested in. I don't want to stay in stress for five minutes. I want out now. Well. Speaking of that instant, I mean, we have really become a society of instant gratification, but, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, for, for better or for worse. Yeah. But in this situation, we, we, we do want things to be instant, instantaneous. We want things to be better um, for wellness, uh, like I said, yes. for ourselves, for our children. Uh, we, we truly do. And you have unlocked the code to doing <laughs> so. <laughs> and I, I, I I will have to say your website is beautiful, laid out so nice. Yeah, for the love of parents and kids and teachers and even workplace woes, we work with that because this work works for everyone. Hey, hey, hey. Thanks for joining me today. My name's Chuck Tuck, and I am your host for Behind the Story with Chuck Tuck. And in this podcast and all of these podcasts, this is where we meet people and we talk to them about various topics, anything from conflict resolution to actors to fighters, 
just about everything. If you have any comments or if you have any suggestions, please let me know. So today's podcast is with Brenda Miller. She is going to talk to us about how to help, oh, get comfortable. That's probably not the right word, but inner conflict, how we can resolve that in 30 seconds. And what she has taught me in this podcast really seems to work. So anyhow, sit back, enjoy, and let's get right into it. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, And this is Brenda Miller, and you have been in the business for how long as far as, you know, an author and helping families uh, realize, I I guess I want to call it the potential of being stress-free with their children. So how long have you been doing that? About 20 years. I've had a private practice. And uh, and then, as I mentioned, I, I did teach conscious conflict resolution in those six countries. And then when I retired to write these books, it was for the purpose of um, making sure that we have a really short life. And our kids, you know, they put their little hands in ours. We're stewards to them. And we want to do everything we can. But, you know, honestly, we just weren't taught. And so I started studying what, you know, I, what I really realized, Chuck, was kids teach us what they want us to teach them. And you know how I realized that? I lost my belly laugh. And I wondered, could I get it back? And I thought, who has their belly laugh? It's kids. And so uh, I started observing kids really closely. And I made the most wonderful discovery because, you know, kids, they can play with a stick and rocks and cardboard box for hours. They're creative. They're easy to please that way. They're genuine. They don't register or not. They're not informed by body color, skin color, your status in the community, even in the country. They're not informed by any of that. And that's because that's not their nature. Their nature is playful, genuine, joyful, belly laughing. And once I realized, well, that's our nature. And I had just obscured mine. It's not gone. It's, I I like to say, um, the long forgotten whisper of well-being is calling to us. Because it's, we, we haven't lost that in us. It's, we just need to find it again because we've let other things, unfortunately, become more important unknowingly. We never, ever did this intentionally, of course. And so I'm very excited about the idea for in homes that we have 30-second strategies to release all the stress because it fractures relationships. It's toxic to our body. Anybody can Google that and find it out. You know, and uh, and, you know, it's no way to live. And yet we've come to believe that stress is normal. I'm going to make a really outrageous statement that I can't wait to prove. And that is that stress is optional. Now, why I say that is because of the discovery I made with those kids, that their nature and my nature was exactly that natural state of genuine, compassionate, belly laughing. That's natural how I knew that was every time I was out of that state I didn't feel natural Mm. so my nature is the same as a child's and uh, my my learning is different you know because I've I've had more life experiences of course but underneath all that is still that beautiful nature and for me I kept doing these simple little 30 second strategies and then the most amazing thing would happen because I would relax back into a joyful, harmless state. 
And as I began to realize, well, that's my nature, and how would I get there more? I want to spend time there. And so then I started focusing on and learning these strategies for myself and from others, from people who don't experience stress, from enlightened or awakened, self-realized people on the planet. There are a few of them. Um, and <clears throat> yeah, so, uh, and with teachers, I, I'm so excited. I want to make their staff room sane and serene and their hallways happy and the playground playful. You know, so um, this I have a lot that I want to share with them. I really, if you happen to know of a school, I'm looking for a school and a town, an entire town. I want to donate all my resources and time to a school and a town. They don't have to be in the same area. To parents, children, and teachers, everybody, to try these strategies out as a pilot project because I'm so excited. They work so good. And how I know that is that these many years of using them, of teaching them. And uh, I, I now have um, 11 Kid Code teachers, and we're looking hope, hopefully to expand that because uh, it would be really nice if parents could, in the time it takes to have a coffee break, learn these strategies and then practice them. Well, yeah, 30 seconds isn't much time at all. You know, it's it's a small investment of time. Isn't it ever? Well, can I prove that statement to you? <laughs> you certainly can. <laughs> okay. So so um, if we think of when one of our kids, either in the classroom or in our home, makes a mistake, and if we, in the moment the mistake happens, already done, right? We can't, it's, we, you can't undo a mistake. It's a done right. deal. <laughs> You know, and I know as a parent, I my um, immediate go to was frown, try to use it as a teaching moment. And what I could began to see was, oh, my goodness, I'm teaching them that they're bad if they make a mistake. When I was consciously, I would say, I'm just trying to help them, you know, get be successful in the world. Well, frowning at someone has never made them successful so far. So when someone makes a mistake if you simply say to them and feel the truth of the statement, so if you think of a mistake, and for your listeners, think of a mistake your child makes all the time. They leave the light on, they spill the milk, you know, they slam the door. Okay, so if we think of that for a moment and, and we say and feel the truth of the statement, you matter more than the mistake, it dissolves all the stress. You know how I learned this, Chuck? One day I was driving my dad's too big truck in his too small corral and I put a dent in it. And when I told him, he, he held his arms wide open to me for a hug and said, it doesn't matter a particle. And on that day I learned how to give myself and others grace, not grief when a mistake was made. But I found the magic in that message. Because can you imagine, I don't know when you were little what happened when a mistake was made, but when I was little it was the same as what I taught my kids was, you should smarten up. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, really, because that's right. what we're trying to guide them that way. But imagine if somebody said to us, you matter more than that mistake. This strategy is called blessing mistakes. It takes less than 30 seconds. It is instant evolution, peaceful, positive parenting and peacekeeping in a classroom or at work. You know, that is so simple and profound that those words you matter more than the mistake. It's yes. as soon as you said that, I thought and I went, well, 
of course, that's obvious. Yes. But you never think about it in that heat of the moment. But then when you stop for less than 30 seconds, say it, think it, it does feel like that. It relieves all that tension and it is better. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Well, uh, no, I mean, there's nobody here making a mistake, but just thinking <laughs> that, I feel that, thinking, yeah. gosh, that is a perfect way to resolve that for both me and the, the child or person. Now, imagine if we make a mistake. I don't know about you, but I still make plenty. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, when you make a mistake, when I make a mistake, I, the first thing that pops into my mind is, I'm, I do, I matter more than this mistake. And then the stress has gone from the mistake. There's no talk in my head anymore about what I should have or shouldn't have done. Which brings us to part two of blessing mistakes, which is to make it right. Because this is another very, very simple idea. But to me, it's all it's been profound for me when I realized it was actually easier to fix a mistake than to justify it, defend it or ignore it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually easier just to make it right. So, you know, um, one of the best ways to teach your kids is one of my books is called Mr. Tusker Elephus's Secret Secrets. So I call him Mr. Tuskieski. He's a wise young elephant, and he takes his little bit rowdy but very lovable crew of critters on outer adventures, always only to discover something beautiful about themselves. So in Paris, Mr. Tuskieski is a little bit clumsy, so he knocks over the Eiffel Tower. And he stops and he says, bless me. I matter more than this mistake. And the crew looks on in horror and says, you can't say that. You just knocked over the, one of the most famous towers in the world. But he takes the opportunity to teach them. The mistake is done. There's no need for stress about it. And then he lifts his trunk. And he calls all the elephants and all the ants to, from the Paris Zoo to come and put the tower back up. Part two of Blessing Mistakes, Make It Right. So that's how we teach all the strategies in the book for kids. <clears throat> and of course, with, with adults, I mean, it's just easy. You just convey the message. Just try this one time. Say and feel the truth of the statement. You matter more than the mistake. And then we're going to be hooked. So why isn't there a parenting 101 course that's uh -huh. mandatory that teaches this or something in school when their kids are, when the kids are young and little that they talk about this so at least the kids go home and tell mom and dad don't be mad at me because i mean you know i matter more than that mistake <laughs> and they, they could teach them i love that chuck yeah well you know what that means is we could say it this way i i'm speaking to myself parent you need an intervention <laughs> and then the child can teach me how to bless a mistake because yeah. because we don't want this stress. We really don't. We we live with stress thinking it's normal. And I'm challenging that in that in the moment it happens, it's there. But how long does it need to stay? And how much mm -hmm. of our lives does it need to ruin? So what I recommend for all parents and all teachers and all workplace areas is put up post-it notes. Uh, give them a break. Bless the mistake. Don't start a fight. Just make it right. You know, any, anything like that that will re remind you, I just don't need distress at all. I'm just going to say you matter more than the mistake. I have, um, this is in my policy manual, and uh, I've used it for quite a long time. And it's just like magic. But if you use it with kids, they go, huh, this is beautiful. I didn't get heck. 
Like mm-hmm. it, it's such a connection creating strategy, Chuck. Like my dad, once he did that to me, um, well, I just feel so connected to him still because it's very respectful to another human being to treat them this way. Yeah. Um, it's natural. And, and, you know, to go along with the stress part, like I said, it's become an everyday part of life, but we have all accepted it. And I always would say stress is really a silent killer, whether it really does you in or not. It, um, it takes a lot of energy. And then on the flip side, if you do something wrong and then you try to, to lie about it and not fix, fix it to be honest about it, that takes just as much strength um, to lie because now you have yeah. to make sure you're going to constantly lie. And <laughs> who wants to go through life lying? No, and stressed out about it. You're right, right. Um, you know, uh, when, um, oh, there was a research article from Princeton I remember reading, and it, I loved how they said it. So it, it demonstrated that when you do good, it does more good than the good you did. In other words, there's a ripple effect from any good you do. You do the good, but then so much more good happens, even than the good you did. I just love that. And that, to me, is what Blessing Mistakes is. is you, you do good, and the ripple effect is a child doesn't feel bad about themselves when they make a mistake. So, mm-hmm. Or we don't have to feel bad. About, well, what good is it? To, I remember one day I phoned my dad and, and I, I was boohooing and crying and we had a, a trauma in our family. And I said to him, oh, dad, oh, this is so awful. And he said, you have 15 minutes. And so I boohooed a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then at five minutes, Chuck, he says to me, you have five minutes left, Brendan. And I just right then I stopped because I knew this teaching moment for me. And he said, you won't be any good to your kids or yourself if you stay upset. You know, so something, Chuck, from that very day forward, I kept looking to see, is there a reason to be upset? And I'm open to finding one, but I haven't. There is no yeah. good reason to be upset. So that's another reason all these strategies are so wonderful because we can get everything done we need without being upset. Boy. Being upset is a waste of time. That's what it sounds like to me. Well, and you said you brought a really good point in, which is, do we want to spend our energy on that? No. Absolutely not. No. No. So, you know, to live longer, bless a mistake. To be happier, bless a mistake. To reduce stress, bless a mistake. To feel good, bless a mistake. Also, here's something I love so much about this little simple strategy. I heard a podcast one day. And it was about restorative justice. I had never heard the word before. I didn't know what they meant. I had to run and look it up. And it turns out it's um, a philosophy that ensures that the perpetrator and the victim both uh, are left with their integrity and respect while the conflict is solved. And I went, oh my goodness, that's blessing mistakes. And wow. for, further to that is um, there's a South African philosophy that's very similar. It's called Ubuntu. And what happens is if somebody in the, in the village does something wrong, they are put in the center of the village. All the members of the village surround them in a circle. And honestly, they spend two days telling them the good things about that person. 
that sends the person back to their basic nature I was telling you about at the beginning of this podcast. It's like when you show them the, their goodness, they re, they relax back into their goodness. So, so, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead, Chuck. I was going to say, so a, a lot of this too, at least on the adult end, um, it almost seems like that we have to be aware of who we are um, and not forget who we were, meaning a child who, you know, did make mistakes. We looked at the world in a different way. Um, we lost our sense of being fun and who we are, I guess is what I'm coming at. It, it seems like because you hit a certain age and then you're supposed to leave all that behind and then we forget it. Yes. So. That's exactly what, we, what happens. Uh, but since it's just forgotten and not gone, it's accessible to us. So you know how you said when you felt by saying you matter more than the mistake you could feel? Mm -hmm. that's, that's our nature. What you felt in that moment, that's our nature. It's a joyful harmlessness. And the more we do these simple little strategies, the more we relax back into that. So why do you think it is that people have such a difficult time um, learning this because like I said it, it's it's within us we just forgot it but it's not gone but it it still seems like a lot of people I don't know if being reluctant or they just that heat of the moment is always grabs hold of them yeah. first and then they hang on to that anger or being upset rather than stopping and saying wait a sec take two deep breaths there's 10 seconds and you know, a reset, but it doesn't seem like people do that often. That's because we unconsciously have inside of us information that, like, for example, I'll give you an example. When we were little, in, in my case, uh, one of my siblings would act out and what my parents thought that was funny. So that, so how to, how to cause humor in my house was to act out that belief system stays in the unconscious mind until it's dissolved. That's basically the answer to your question and not very popular. Um, it's re rewriting the code in ourself to, to forget or to do away with certain things. So. Yeah. Now in, in your books, your four books, the, so it was, the first one about bullying, uh, to bulletproof yourself from bullying, is that, is that no. the first? The first one is the kid code. That's 100 strategies. Oh, sorry. Yep. We're going, the, I'm going the opposite direction. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> yeah. The kid code so. is 100 strategies, 130 second strategies, like the blessing mistakes that I've just shared with you. And um, they're just to get right now relief in an upset with a child or with a, mm -hmm. anybody. And, uh, and then the second book is Blessing Mistakes Itself. I wrote a whole book on that, Chuck, because I realized there's so much anger in the world and in us that I needed to address that and help people dissolve the anger because then it's a lot more um, accessible to bless a mistake. But, you know, it's easier to say you matter more than mistake. If you're an angry person, it's harder to, which is this next thing I'd love to share with you if you'd like another strategy. Absolutely, because I know the listeners and the viewers are going to 
really need this and more strategies, the better. You know, I really need it still too, less and less, but I still need it. So this one can be used at home, at work, in the classroom, anywhere. It's called the tantrum tamer and it works in all ages. And, you know, it's true that if anything costs us peace, that price is too high. So the, the importance of this strategy is to make sure that we notice when we're angry. So that's the very first thing. I love to have people get someone who's angry in their mind's eye, someone they know for your listeners who's generally an angry person and notice that they're convinced they're right while they're acting a bit or a lot insane. Notice they want what they want when they want it. Notice they think they're establishing authority while appearing deranged. Notice their threatening voices in their stance. That's their strength. Notice they they get angry to get things done. And notice they have the right. This one just this one is a full stop for me, Chuck. When I get angry and I realize I actually believe I have the right to be angry at another human being, that just stops me right there. Yeah. So notice how powerful this person thinks they are when they're angry and how frantic they are. And how much pain they're causing themselves. And and look how they think they're coming from a mentally superior place and they're really coming from a mentally inferior place. Now notice that's us when we're angry. Yeah, it's you know, and I've I've heard I've heard people say that they're not angry, but they're raising their voice. So they're still angry, right? Absolutely. Who wants to admit it though? You know, we don't. I don't. When mm-hmm. I get angry, if somebody says, are you angry? I'm going to say, no. <laughs> you know? Yeah. We don't want to admit it. But let, it, self-honesty is the first and most important strategy right here is the truth is I don't. I want to be the decent human being I want to be. I want to be joyfully harmless. I want to, I want to be able to laugh with people and love people. I don't want anything in the way of that. So here's the way I ha- handle anger. So, oh, I better show you. <laughs> you know. <laughs> when we. <laughs> did you notice this? I started watching myself when I was angry. And I noticed that the first thing was I would start thinking like a dunce. And then I would speak like a dunce. And then I would act like a dunce. So I made a dunce cap. To remind myself every time I get angry, I don't want to be a dunce. And that's oftentimes enough to dissolve it. I was mad a few months ago for a minute. I could feel the anger come. And then I happened to glance into my office and then my dunce cap was sitting on my desk and it just dissolved. The anger just was gone. Why? Because it's not our nature. That's the best part of this. It's a learned strategy to get what we want. So... So with this one, um, everybody knows that anger makes us crazy and we do dumb things. We all know that, but we don't know how to stop it. So I'm suggesting you make a dunce cap or imagine one. You can take your imaginary dunce cap anywhere. And oftentimes it's enough to, to dissolve the anger out of a person. Now, the question is, how come it can dissolve? How come? If it's so right and important and doing what what we want. Well, the reason is because it's not part of us. It's a learned strategy that doesn't work. It never delivers what it promises. 
You know, just for your parents with young kids, this is what to do in a store. So your kid's melting down. You cannot put a lid on lava, right? You can't right. put a lid on lava. <laughs> no. So, so to make sure you don't entangle, you sing a few bars silently of your favorite song. You do Kegels if you're a woman, or you recite baseball stats if you know them. Anything to keep you from uh, from entangling in the moment the lava's you know blowing up. <clears throat> Because one off-balance person in the room is enough. So, um, there's lots of ways. I, there's many in my book about this. I, I also love this one is to keep kids engaged in a store. You, When you get to the milk cooler, for example, you invite the child to uh, engage in a story with you about the farmer who's milking the cow. And Cupid the cat is sitting there hoping for a stream of milk to come. And you get the child to do, name all the farmer, the cat, and the cow. And, and you keep up a long, long, you drag it out forever. You drag this story out <laughs> until you're out of the store. But if you engage them, then oftentimes you can, I call it blowout prevention. And um, there's another strategy for us adults. I really love this one. You, it's taught by a Canadian spiritual teacher. You put a note in your pocket and you write on the note, um, I don't need my angry story anymore. Because we don't only. It's just true. We just don't. And when we feel anger arise, the urge is to just let the anger take us over. But after a while, we go, just a minute. I don't want to feel like that. You pull the note out and you read the note. And that's also enough. I also say to moms, if you're at home with your kids, oh boy, especially now, what a time. Oh my goodness. My heart goes out to you. It really does. I, I was reading in um, Psychology Today, 70% of our parents say they feel they have a mental health issue. So this work is needed more than ever. So if you're at home and you're a mom or a dad and you feel the tension starting to rise in your child has been impossible, irrational, unreasonable, <laughs> take yourself to your closet, put your head between your clothes because, again, the ridiculousness of that simple act will bring you back to yourself, which is where you want to be. Because you don't want to respond in anger to your child. Because you know why? Anger shuts down your heart and opens your mouth wide. We don't want it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's escalation prevention. <laughs> That's another yeah. good name, isn't it? Yes. I... I your dunce cap. I, I do have something that is very similar that I use to remind me because I don't want to look like or be a sourpuss. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> this guy right here. That's awesome, Chuck. Exactly right, isn't it? And and how come that works? Because sourpuss isn't in our nature. That's why right. it, it can dissolve it for us. And we're so convinced those things are in our nature. They're not. And all we have to do is do these 30-second strategies and and notice ourselves. How do we feel? Have we delivered ourselves back to a calm, joyful, harmless human being or not? If not, then we just do it again. And everything that you're saying really relates to not only working with your, your children, your child, but for communication with adults to adults, people to people. I mean, these are very, very simple strategies that just need to be um, told, taught, learned, uh, 
it, we just have to do it. I, and like I said, it doesn't take anything to realize that it doesn't take any more than 30 seconds to do any of this to, to um, it, it bring us into the realization that anger is no way to behave. Yeah, we know that without anybody even telling us that, don't we? We do. Yeah, we do. So there's yeah, another... It's, it's so difficult, uh, so difficult not to behave that way because, again, I think we've been so conditioned or used to uh, behaving like that. It's been thrown out as, it's okay. It's okay you're angry because that person made you mad. Well, I have no right, like I said, I have no right to be angry at you. Uh, and if you did something yeah. wrong, it's it's okay. You matter more than the mistake. I matter more than the mm -hmm. mistake. Yeah. You know, for parents, I say to them about anger, uh, right, run right now and get a post-it note and write in big letters on the post-it note, I'm so sorry I taught you anger was useful and run and put it on your child's bedroom door. Because That's a good idea. Yeah. It's, it's not useful. If it's useful, I'm all for it. But you'd have to prove it to me that it is. And it, I can, I've done so much work on this. I've, I'm open to finding out if it's been useful for me once. No, it hasn't. So you can keep looking for yourself, and I encourage you to. But you know, for your listeners to go ahead and, and look and see if it's ever been advantageous, and I think you'll find what I did. So there's a bunch of more strategies. How much time do we have? Oh, let's see. Do you want to go for, well, it's up to you, really. I mean, these are all mm -hmm. fantastic strategies. I just want to make sure that the uh, the listeners and the viewers know where they can go to get your book, whether it's directly at your website or through yep. Amazon and things like that. Yeah. Um, My website but, has all of it, and it's really simple, thekidcode.ca. So, You yeah. heard it. Yeah, thekidcode.ca. So we have courses on there. We have free resources for educators and for parents. And um, But I'm really excited. If you want me to share some more, I really want to talk about the Bully Proof and a, a few others that, that really can help instantly. Yes, uh, the bully, uh, bully Proof, I think, would be very, very important right now. So, yes, I, please. I sure think it is, too. You know, what I believe is we need to... Um, we need to learn bully tactics, like what does a bully do? We need to learn bully buttons. What, how to, you don't need to push a bear's button. They're growl, growly enough as it is, stay away. Um, bully proof strategies. And we, we especially need to learn how to get the target off of our back. I'm so excited about this one, Chuck. Here's why. Because the Youth Research Project showed they interviewed uh, 12, just under 12,000 kids in the U.S., um, 25 schools across 12 states. And you know what they found? That what we're teaching our kids is not working. For example, mm -hmm. one of the strategies uh, towards a bully is just to simply go stop like this. That's a, that's a well-known anti-bullying strategy. 46% of the time, these kids said it made it worse. So that told me what I actually had already experienced myself, which was uh, we need something else. We can't just do that. And then I realized the something else we need is why me? Why is the bully 
why am I attracting bullies? How come? And you know how I noticed this one day? I was in a dog park with my husband and grandkids. And they were really tiny at the time. And a dog came up. The dog rolled over for a pet from the child. The dog sniffed at my husband and barked a little bit. My husband barked back and the dog just stopped. But the dog barked really aggressively at me. Why? Because I was carrying a, I'll be submissive, don't hurt me. That never works. Mm. And mm-hmm. as soon as I saw that, wow, I'm thinking submission will help me. So when we do the stop strategy, we have to add to it. What am I giving the bully? So I've given a dog as an example, but same for a human being. If they're bullying you, what are you giving them that you shouldn't be giving them? And I was threatened uh, by a man with a gun once. And I realized that was a, that for me was where I really started looking into bullying because I, that was too far. And, um, I realized I was giving him power. In other words, letting them make all the decisions. I was being submissive. Why? Because I thought that was my strategy to keep keep myself safe. As soon as I discovered that, we can see it's not a good strategy. And as soon as we can, well, knowledge is power. As soon as we see that, that kind of nonsense starts dissolving in us. Only because it doesn't work. So I'm so excited because... All the strategies we normally teach need this other piece. We can't just try all of the strategies we've tried forever because ask a bully. I'm sorry, ask a victim if we need more help. (laughs) You know, they want help right now and they want Mm -hmm. it to work. And I promise you, this works. Why? Because it takes everything out of the unconscious mind that's hiding in there that's attracting a bully. You know, this guy who threatened me with the gun, when I did this work myself over and over on everything I saw, that's partly why I was able to write the book other than my, you know, my work in conscious conflict resolution. But um, he dissolved and disappeared out of my life without me saying a word to him. Why? Because I didn't have the hooks for him anymore. He, it, it, so because a bully is insecure and a victim is insecure. And so the bully's looking for somebody who's insecure because they know that they can get them. So, that um, makes sense. so that's, that's why I'm so excited about this particular bit of work that I really want to get in schools because we need to do both strategies. We've got to get the target off the back by looking and seeing what, why, why is it happening? And there's really, I've got six or seven really simple questions in this book that that will take the target off your back basically so there's some things i really like to share with you now about bullying so as i was considering bullying i thought the very first thing is don't believe a bully they say things like you should never have been born is a bully in charge of who should be born no nope. <laughs> but yet we believe them we think Gee, if they're bullying me, I must be bad or or there must be something wrong with me. No, there's nothing wrong with you. Not one thing. If you're a victim and you're listening to me, you are enough. And how we know that, I, I never say anything without us being able to prove it to ourselves. How do you know you're enough? Because you're here. Creation, uh, in whatever form or words you use, put you here. That's how you know you're okay. Yeah. 
So first thing, don't ever believe a bully. Next thing is, you know how um, some doctors, they take the Superman stance before they do a surgery? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, just a minute here. I've got my, where is it? <laughs> this is, I encourage everyone to get one of these. Because, you know why, Chuck? Because, um... I'm going to tell this in the story too. So in Mr. Tuskegee's uh, story, um, a dirty rat is going to the Bangkok Water Festival and he's spraying everyone in the face. And this is from my book. And um, Mr. Tuskegee had taught all his crew of animals how to deal with a bully. So Hawk, whose feathers are shaking, he's so scared. He doesn't want to stop this dirty rat who's spraying everyone. But he thinks, wow, Mr. Tuskiaski told me how I'm going to do it. So he goes to him and he holds up his shaking foot and he says, stop. And much to his surprise, the rat runs away. But he knows from Mr. Tuskiaski's teachings that he has to do this extra step and figure out, what, am I, what would I be giving that bully? Or what am I gaining if they bully me? I might get help, that kind of thing. So Mr. Tuskiaski teaches all these things to the animals. And then Hawk takes the Superman stance like this. Because you have to make sure the bully's gone <laughs> when you do this one. You don't do it in front of the bully ever. But it tells you that I am not powerless. Even if you're scared. It's worth doing it if you're scared because it's more important than the fear. You being standing up for you is more important than the fear you're going to feel. And now fear is going to tell you it's more important. But that's not true. So I remember Jackie Chan. You remember his movies? Jackie Chan. Movies? I sure do. Okay, well, I yes. love him because he's he's uh, he gives us a really good example of bullying. He said he was bullied, but he never did anything about it. But then somebody, he saw somebody being bullied, and he went up to them and said, no. And he took the person by the arm and took them away. And he said in that moment, he understood he could stand up for himself also. So when you can intervene, when it's safe to intervene, when you're not physically in danger, you do intervene. Hopefully there's a lot of people around and you you get all of them to help you. And then you do your Superman stance. I am not powerless. You know, I like the fact that you're talking about your Superman stance and, you know, to be cautious about doing it and maybe not do it in front of the the bully. But I can see where if you do that and if the bully's gone, you're encouraging yourself and giving yourself power so self-empowerment uh i think it makes you feel good doing that because uh, I, I i do remember and i've seen these commercials you know where you see the kid in the superman outfit and he stands he or she stands in front of the mirror and does that superman pose turns and they feel great about it they feel great about themselves and that's how i'm looking at this is okay you've kind of dissolved this not really resolved it, maybe resolved it, and the bully's gone away. Why not stand proud and say, I did it? Yeah. And it'll, it seems like it'll give you that much more of encouragement to be, um, don't be a target. Because you've taken some of your own insecurity away, right? When you, mm -hmm. when you say that. Yeah. So, yeah. So you're taking the target off of your back. And 
you know, I was thinking Desmond Tutu just having passed away, what a blessing to the world he was. I remember one of his quotes was, um, and it relates to bullying, was, um, how did he say this? Uh, so if you want to be a bystander and the elephant has got his foot on the mouse's tail, the mouse will not appreciate that you are a bystander. So don't be a bystander. You, you have to keep yourself safe. This is not an easy subject. But like I said, get as many people around as you can. Say, please come and help me. We're going to stop this. You know? Um, yeah. And then you gently lead, lead the person away. This is not okay. So we, it's been proven that when we do that, we've, we become a peer of a sort. Um, we, we, we become um, support for them. And that's what they need because they're feeling insecure. That's why they're being bullied in the first place. So, you know, there's a story from the UK. Nadia Sparks, 12 years old, the bullies threw stuff while she rode her bike to work. And the guard, they threw garbage. And she'd stop and pick up garbage and pick up bottles and stuff and put it in her bike basket. And they called her trash girl. Well, this is what I encourage every single person to do if you're bullied. You know that saying, um... If people throw stones at you, build something out of them. So that's what she did. And she went home and talked to her mom about it. They started a Facebook page. She's called a trash girl. And she had, last time I looked, she had six and a half thousand followers. Wow. So make something out of it. Now, what does that mean? What, what can you make? Like, how could you, how can you reverse it into something good? So you could start a podcast about bullying, even if you're young, young little kid, you could. Um, you can bring it up at school and say you want to learn more about strategies that work. There's so many things you can do that are really simple that will reverse this because doing nothing will not reverse it. Bullies aren't going to say, I'm going to give up my power now because that's their goal, power. They never, ever realize that they're not getting the kind of power they want. You know, because a true true power is peaceful, and true peace is powerful. You know, just ask Nelson Mandela and uh, Mahatma Gandhi. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, um, these have all been great stories, anecdotes, strategies. Um, it's again from the very beginning. I said it's hard to believe that we don't look at this and immediately be able to relate to it and to do it and instead we still let ourselves be succumbed to anger or these negative emotions but i, I think with the strategies that you had mentioned um, and definitely for people to go to your website and read everything and take some of the courses and follow the courses would be very very helpful especially now with parents and and their children at home because we are in that time right now with the pandemic uh, even without the pandemic but that just seems like it's just made things tenfolds worse you know um, makes it mental health issues both for both adults and for children it's this stuff is going to help if they take the time and again take the time to look at it read it but really the time that Brenda's asking for is 30 seconds let me take 30 seconds and show you how to change. Yeah. 
how you feel. And it's life, it's, uh, no pun intended, it's life-changing. Yes. Uh, gosh, is, is there anything else that you want to add? I mean, I, I love everything so far. <laughs> well, I can talk all day, but I know we can't do that. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I guess in parting, I would really like to encourage every human being to start out with understanding that they can give themselves kindness when they make a mistake by saying, I do, I matter more than this mistake. And, and then make the mistake right. When you make a parenting mistake, do that. I matter more than this mistake and then make it right. When you make a mistake at work, I matter more than this mistake and make it right. No matter where we do it. Start with that one. <clears throat> Please do come to my website because all the resources, we have some free classes. I have a free class for kids called Take Your Life Back. And um, free resources, as I said, for educators and for parents. And I am looking for a school anywhere in the world uh, that I want to donate my time to, to teach these strategies and just see what a difference we can make. And I, don't, I also want to do it with the town, the whole town, just to see. So if any, any of your listeners know of anybody who, who might like to jump into this with me, I would be delighted. And they can contact me through the website, thekidcode.ca. Thank you very much, Brenda. This has been this has been a lot of fun. It's been educational, but it's been a lot of fun too. And you are a fantastic person. Oh, thank you, Chuck. Thank you so much. It's been such. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. This doesn't have to be serious because we're not. Our our nature isn't. Our nature is joyful. <laughs>